Well, my name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to welcome all of you here today. And uh, we hope you pray and hope and pray you experience God's presence uh, during our worship together and afterwards as well. One thing um, with the congregational meeting tonight, we're also going to provide not just budget stuff, but we're going to provide a little bit of an update about building stuff. If you want to know kind of where we are with the building process and so on, uh, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, congregational meeting here, we'll give you an update on that as well and, and let you know what's going on. Last week, Sunday, we started a, a sermon series. Uh, we're calling it Life After Easter. All right, two weeks ago was Easter, and then now we're saying, okay, what does it mean for us today to live after Easter? And, and, and as Christians, um, for those of us who are, if you're exploring, that's great. But for those of us who have made that commitment to Christ, we know and, and we believe that Jesus died to pay for our sins. Okay, we, we remember that on Good Friday. Jesus died to pay for our sins. On Easter Sunday, we believe that Jesus rose again, right? And, and so we believe these things. But there's a third thing that we believe, and this is the one we've try, been trying to grasp. This is the one we're going to try to think about and understand, and that is that Jesus is alive in us today. The Bible teaches not only did Jesus die to pay for our sins, not only is he coming back, not only did he rise, but he lives in us today, right now. The power of Jesus Christ is available to us. And just as Jesus died and rose again, so too we have died if we are in Christ and we have been raised again. Paul in Colossians 2 verse 12 says this, Having been buried with him in baptism, having died with Christ, we did that. You, are also, you also have been raised with him, again, past tense, through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Jesus is alive in us today. And so part of what that means is that one of our main jobs, one of our main goals, one of the main challenges we face as followers of Jesus Christ is learning to live in that power learning to live in the power of the risen Jesus today, learning to let that power carry us along, learning to let that power move us and, and, and shape us. And, and, and so we said that the Christian life is not just trying harder to be good. For some of us, that's what we were trained in, that you've got to, if you're going to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, you've got to just try really hard to be good. It's not as much about trying to be good as it is about learning to live in the power of Jesus about learning to, to somehow figure out what does it mean to have Christ alive in me. And, and last week we compared it to you know, canoeing or kayaking or tubing on a river and trying to catch the current, uh, trying to be in the right place. Kaylee thought I should have done the cha-cha slide, that you have to be in the right place, right? So, but, you know, right, it's, it's, there are certain places in the river where the current is flowing. And, 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 and so to, to catch that current, to, to be in that current, to be moved along by the, the spirit of Jesus, to live in that power. And that's what we're trying to do, learning to live in the power of the risen Jesus. There, the New Testament talks about this a lot, okay? A lot of Paul's letters address this question. And, and we're choosing to work through uh, a section of Colossians. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. Because in this section, Paul gives us another of disciplines, of activities. And, and again, for me, the main purpose of these is to get us into that current, is to get us so that we're living by the power of the risen Lord Jesus. And, and, and so these are the things we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to talk about setting your hearts in mind. And then next week, we'll pick up taking off the old and then continually putting on the new, nurturing peace, and then doing everything in the name of Jesus. And, and these become exercises as we learn, as we continue to grow. So let's look at Colossians 3, and really we're going to look at 1 and 2. We looked at 3 and 4 some last week, and so really I just want to look at verses 1 and 2. Paul says, since then, since then you have been raised with Christ. And he's going to call us to do two things, okay? He says, first of all, set your hearts. 
Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So the first thing he wants to talk to us about is setting our hearts, okay? And then the second thing we need to think about is what he calls us to set our minds. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, all right? So set your hearts, set your minds. What I want to do this morning with the time that I have here is, is I want to think really two questions. First, what, what is Paul calling us to do? What does it mean to set our hearts and to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things? What, is, what does that look like? How, what, what, what does that mean? And then, and then I want to spend some time at the end trying to say, okay, how might we do that? How might we do that? Because, again, this is something you're not going to walk out of here and say, okay, now I know how, or now I have it. The fact is, in some ways, again, this is, this is an exercise that we are continually learning to do, learning to set our hearts, learning to set our minds. So, again, what is Paul calling us to do? The first thing he's calling us to do is to set our hearts. He says, set your hearts. And what Paul there is really talking about when he's talking about our hearts is he's saying, learn to love Okay, learn to love. Learn to have passion for the right things. Learn, learn to orient your heart, to reorient your heart. He's talking about what we love. And let me say three things about this that are, I, I hope, all really important in understanding this, okay? First of all, I, I think we need to recognize that we were created by God to love, to have desires. We were created by God to have passion, to want, to dream, to hope, to have all those things. God gave us hearts. He did not just create us as brains on sticks. Uh, sometimes I think, you know, we, we kind of, some of us prefer that, right? It, you know, to be Mr. Spock in, in Star Trek and to just say, it's all just logical, it's all just rational, and we only do what makes sense, and we're not driven by that. But the fact of the matter is God created us with hearts, God wanted us to love. God wanted us to want. God wanted us to dream, to hope, to, to have those, those things that we're passionate about. And he wanted those things to matter to us. He wanted those things to encourage us. And, 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 and so all of us, all of us have those things that we love. Think about the guy who, who loves fishing, right? Now that person might try to logically explain to you why fishing is indeed the most intelligent way to spend his leisure time. But the fact is, it's not a logical thing. He just loves fishing. He just loves being out there. He can tell you what he loves about it. But logically, seriously, I mean, at least the way my brothers do it, you, you spend a lot of money to drive there. You spend money on gas. You spend money on equipment. You spend a, a whole day on the river. And then when you catch a fish, you release it. I mean, honestly, these guys love to do it. And, and, and they might try to, you know, their hearts might try to convince their brains this is really rational. Uh, I could spend more on something else. No, why do you, they, they just love it, okay? It's not a head thing. The heart has its reasons, somebody once said. The heart has its reasons that reason cannot know. And guess what? That's okay. God created us to love to be encouraged, to find strength, right? And, 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 and the second thing I want to say is that what we love matters because it drives us. It drives us. Sometimes it is what determines. In fact, some people argue, and we're not going to get into this too much, but some people argue it's only our heart that really matters. It's only our heart that drives us. All of our, rational, our, all of our thinking, all of our heads, it's just rationalizing what our heart wanted, right? And, 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 and so, but... But our heart drives us. We think about it. You, you maybe have heard a, an announcer say it during a game. That team wanted it more, right? That team just wanted it more. She's running on guts alone. <laughs> right? And it's like, logically, she should quit. 
But it's not about that. It's about our hearts. It's about what we want. It drives us. And, 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 and it just causes us to do so much of what we do. And again, that's good. God wired us up that way. God wanted us to have passion. Now, the problem is, is that sin messes up our love. <laughs> right? Sin, sin gets in the way of what we love. And we start to love some things a lot more than we should. And we start to love some things a lot less than we should. And there are some things we love that really aren't worthy of love at all. And, and, and so sin comes along and we end up, we end up just being hurt by the, that, the, the, the loves. They go in the wrong direction. And that's why at the heart of what Paul wants us to do is he says, learn to love things above, okay? Learn, learn to love the things above where Christ is. Learn to love. You've got to reorient your heart. The fact is there are things you love. Just, I mean, think about it. If you haven't already, just think about it. What do you really love? Hopefully it's a person, <laughs> at least part of it. But right, I mean, when, when somebody's in love, they don't count the cost. When somebody's in love, they do crazy things, right? And, and we all love. And so part of what Paul is saying is you've got to set your heart. You've got to learn to love things above, okay? So that's, that's the first one. Set your hearts and learn to love. The second one is set your minds, Set your minds, and this is learn to think. Learn to think about things above. Learn to, to focus. Learn to use your brains. And once again, three things, very similar. We were created by God to think. For some of us, we need to remember that, yes, God gave us hearts, but he also did give us brains. <laughs> he does expect us to use our brains. He expects us to think. He expects us to, 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 to think through our actions and to do what makes logical sense and so on. And so we have to pay attention to our thinking because, again, what we think matters. In a lot of ways, it drives us. I can almost guarantee you that every one of us here today has said these words to somebody else. Maybe a child, maybe a friend, maybe somebody at work. What were you thinking? Right? What were you thinking? Because we kind of feel like, look, if you get your thinking straight, then you're going to get your actions straight. What were you thinking? You weren't thinking. If you had been thinking correctly, then this would have been different. And, and so there are some people who argue, you know, thinking is much more important than feeling. And, and, and what we have to do is get our thinking straight. In fact, there's a whole uh, area of counseling called cognitive therapy. And it says, you know what? If you want to change a behavior, you have to change a thought. Right? If I want to change how I act, because I act because of how I think about myself, I act because how I think the world works. If I think, if I think that I'm worthless, I'm going to do certain things. If I think I'm the center of the universe, I'm going to do different things. If I think, and, 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 and so what we think matters. It makes a difference. And again, the third thing here is sin messes with our thinking. We, we don't think clearly anymore. We don't think about how things work. We don't think in the, in the way that we should. And so, and, and, and so we think certain things are important and they're not. We think certain things are true and they're not. We think things about God that are not true. We think things about ourselves. We think things about this world. And so sometimes the problem is with our thinking. A lot of times it's with both, Right? But so what Paul is saying here is, is not just set your hearts, learn to love things above. He's also saying learn to think about things above, not earthly things. And, and, and so I think what we need to recognize is that what Paul wants us to see here is, is that part of this, and this is why I say this is a lifelong task, of learning to reorient our passions, our desires, and learning to reorient our thinking. 
learning to, 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 try to, to try to impact our hearts in what we love and our thinking and so on. And, and again, it's, in, in a sense, these are the two things that drive us. And, and Paul isn't worried about actions at all yet. He's not saying do this. What he's saying is love this and think this. Love this and think this because out of the heart, out of the head is how we live our lives. And so reorient your hearts, reorient your heads, and focus them on, he says, things above. Learn to love things above. Learn to think about things above. What in the world does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? And here I think we have one of our problems. Because I think what I, maybe you, sometimes kind of think about is, okay, things above, not earthly things, right? Love and think. Love and think about, about things above, not about earthly things. Okay, I'm going to do that. Pastor Ron said that. The Bible says that i got to love things above. And so we kind of say, okay, what does that mean? Well, it means I'm going to love heaven and the stairway to heaven, but not the song. I'm going to love heaven, right? I'm going to think about clouds. I'm going to think about that. And I'm going to start to love angels especially the cute little ones with wings that look like babies, right? I'm going to love angels, and I'm, and I'm going to love that, and I'm going to love the new Jerusalem, which the book of Revelation says that it's 12 cubits wide, and it's 12 cubits long, and it's 12 cubits high, and it's covered with gold and diamonds. And so it's this, it's this oversized dice. It's a cube, the whole city. The new Jerusalem is a cube, so I have to try to fall in love with this city that's a cube covered with gold and diamonds. And that's where my heart is. That's where my mind is. That's what I think about. I think about the cube. I think about the new Jerusalem. I think about that city that is up there in heaven, and it's got streets of gold, and I know we're all going to play harps, right? And, and a little more seriously, but we don't think about God. The things above, that's where God is. God is above. And so that's what I have to think about. That's what I have to love, right? And you know people who kind of have spent their lives saying, oh, I'm just more holy. I don't even think about the things of earth anymore, those material things. I just think about heaven. And they sound like they feel like they're really holy. Because you know, they don't think about those earthly things. These are things, if you're a Christian, you're not going to think about, right? I mean, things like, you know, a car and a boat and a house. That, that's earthly stuff. Don't think about that. Don't love any of that. That's, you know, most of your problem. You love that kind of stuff. And food and, and drink and fun. Y'all love cheeseburgers. That's the problem. You, 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 we all, we, we think about those earthly things and we think about our jobs and, the, and those things. And we say, you know, that's that's, that's the problem. I, and, and, and so the Christian life becomes saying, I have to think about these things and not think about these things. And it's really hard not to think about these things because they're all around us all the time. But if you really love Jesus, you're going to say, I don't love my house. I don't love my, this, all this stuff. I don't love, I just, my mind is in heaven. Friends, you probably picked it up. That's not the way it is, okay? You see, what, what I think we sometimes fall into the trap of saying is, is that we're supposed to think about different things in different places, that that's what Paul is talking about. We have to love not this, but that. It's not that, okay? The difference is not in the kinds of things that we love and think about. That's not what Paul is calling us to when he said, set your hearts and set your minds on things above. It's not like those things that are there. What he's really saying is is that it's in the way we love and it's in the way we think. It, it, and, and, and so to love and think the way Jesus loves and thinks. I think we're going to think about all those things, okay? 
I think when we think like Jesus thinks, we're going to think about cheeseburgers sometimes. And the fact is, sometimes we're going to love them. Okay? And that's okay. So what changes then? What is the way that Jesus thinks, not the way we think from a human perspective, the old nature? That's the distinction. It's not here versus there. It's, it's old versus new. So what's going to happen? Well, I want to suggest, if we start to do this, one of the key things that happens is that God becomes the center. Okay, God becomes the absolute center of everything, and he's big. And, and it's in the midst of all this. It's not just God is up in heaven. It's that God is here with us now. It's that God is in our families, that God is around, and he cares about all this other stuff. Now, some of the stuff we think about in love, we're going to continue to do that, but it's going to shrink down. Let's talk about food and drink, okay? Let's look at that. You see the cheeseburger? We're going to shrink it down. It's going to move a little bit away from the center. And, and, and come on, let's just be honest. For some of us, I mean, God, God didn't create us just to eat food. He created us to enjoy it. He didn't create us just to get water, to, to say, but to enjoy it. And so we can have a love of an appropriate sort, okay? As we're learning to love in the right way, we can have a love for that, but it just becomes smaller. It's not as big. The house and the boat and the car and jobs are going are gonna to kind of shrink down a little bit. I love the job a little bigger because we were created to do stuff. I don't know exactly what the, where it's going to come out for all of us, but you see how things, it's, it's, it's thinking in a different way. It's loving in a different way. It's not that I just don't even think about these things, that I just think about heaven. It's that I think about these things from heaven's perspective, as it were. I left the fun, um, the kids on the beach, same size, okay? I think, I think we need to leave that one pretty good size. And, 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 and so there are some things that are going to shrink. Some things are going to grow. People, we're going to learn to love them more. We're going to learn to think about people more. We're going to care about that more, all right? Some things we're going to think about differently. Take the, the cube, the new Jerusalem. And I don't mean, I mean, this is kind of, and on the one hand, you know, it's like, it's what, what, what Revelation is trying to say, it's more beautiful than you can imagine, but I wonder if maybe it's not better for us to think about the new Jerusalem a lot like a city we have, but just exactly right. Where there's no racism, where there's no poverty, where there's none of that. That the new Jerusalem is not some cube, but the new Jerusalem is a city with parks and arenas and, 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 and community and stores that always have what you need and 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 it's all cheap and and you know and 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 so really come on the new heaven is the new the old earth restored it's it's that and so we think about that and and yeah we learn to love that but we don't love this this strange picture that doesn't connect with our lives what we love is the things that we know made new and restored and angels, we maybe th- think of them as babies with wings, but in a more in, in harps, it's worship. It's and, and and so it's not that we think about some of these things and not the other things. It's the way that we think about them. We learn to love and we learn to think the way Jesus loves and thinks. And and and, and so at the heart of the call is is saying, God, help me, help me to reorder my loves. Help me to clear up my thinking. Help me to see what you see, to love what you love, to be what you want me to be. And, 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 and learning to do that, how? <laughs> okay, how? How do we start to do that? How do we start to, to do this? And again, we're always going to be starting in this life. But how do we, what are some of the things? I want to suggest three activities, three things that you and I can start to do that will have an impact on our hearts and an impact on our thinking that will help us set our hearts 
on, on the things that matter most. First thing, first thing, and, and I've been kind of doing it at one level already, we must become very aware that sin impacts our loving and thinking, okay? We need, we need to learn over and over again that, that what we think is so clear and true and logical is not always so clear and true and logical. We need to recognize that sometimes we love things that are not worth loving, and, and somehow we need to become aware of it. Uh, someone once said that it's a little bit like a, a fish learning to become aware that it's in water. It's so much around it, the fish doesn't even realize what water is, right? It's just there. And so for us, because this is, we live in a broken world, and because we have brokenness in our own hearts, it's hard for us to recognize this. But we have to just be very much aware. Soren Kierkegaard once gave a, uh, you can tell everybody we talk about Kierkegaard at Hillside, but he gave an example. He told a little parable, a little story, and it was about a, a, a little town, and it had a, a jewelry shop in it, okay? And for the purposes of this morning, we'll just call it Ron's Jewelry Shop. All right, so we all live in this town together, and I own the jewelry shop, okay? Now, Ron's Jewelry Shop has a wide range of items, from a very expensive engagement ring, uh, $9.5 million that online, that's what it says it went for. So Ron sells these, got several actually. And so Ron sells very expensive stuff, and Ron also sells costume jewelry, okay? 824, I don't know where that website is, but 824. Okay, so there's a whole range of things, and I sell them. Now, Kierkegaard said, imagine that one night somebody breaks into the jewelry store, and they don't steal anything. They have other mischief in mind. What they do is they switch the price tags. They switch the price tags. Now imagine, and it's hard to imagine this, but imagine that Ron opens up the store the next day and I don't really notice and none of you notice and we go on with the rest of our lives saying that that one's really worth 824 and the one on the other side is worth 9.5 million. And, and, and women go to the store and they're like, oh, your husband loves you. He brought you that, that $9.5 million ring. And, and we all convince ourselves that that's worth nine and a half million, and that's worth because that's what the price tag says. Well, of course, that's a little picture of what's going on in our world, right? Because God created things in God's world. People are worth nine point five million. Just pick a figure, right? But I mean, people are worth so much, and. And in a sense, the pictures of heaven, why we get streets of gold, it's because some things that we think are so valuable are going to be paving stones, right? And, and, and so this ring, it's pretty, it's great, God loves it, it's fun to wear it and so on. But in God's kingdom, in God's world, that was supposed to be $8.24. But then because of sin, somebody switched the price tags. And we live in a world where people become worth $8.24 and where diamonds become worth $9.5 million. And that's the world you and I live in, okay? And we need to become aware of it. And, and, and we need to just think about it. So for me, it's just kind of like one of the questions that you can do in order to kind of become more and more aware of say, what's the real price tag on this thing? <laughs> what's the real price tag on this thing? And, and it doesn't have to be dollars. But again, we live in a world where the, the price tag on a person who's the CEO is one thing, where the price tag on the person who cleans up the desk is another and the value of this person is different than the value of this person. And, 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 and the importance of somebody who has this versus that. It's all mixed up, friends. Somebody has come in and switched all the price tags in our world, and we've bought into it. And, 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 and we're now living in this world where we get it wrong about what matters. And so changing our loves 
starts with just recognizing that what I love is not always the, the thing that's really worth what I think it is. And, and, and what I think about is not always what I'm thinking about clearly. The second thing just kind of completes the step. It's then learn God's loves and values. This is maybe more with our heads. But, but learning those things of saying, okay, God, I want you to show me. I want you to show me what, what you value. I want you to show me what you love. And so if we go back to God's world, being, setting our hearts and setting our minds, learning to think and learning to love is, is putting the, the, the price tags back. It's, it's learning to say, no, this is what this is worth. This is, this is what's important. And it's, and it's learning to do that and, and, and starting to place the correct values. And, I, and I, again, we've got to be really careful at just saying we're, we put values on things. But you know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not commodifying everything. But, but I'm, I'm recognizing, saying, no, there are some things that I need to get the prices straight on. So be aware. When you watch TV... Be very aware. When you drive down the road, be very aware of billboards. Play games with your kids. I thought saying, can you spot the, the, the wrong price tag in this ad? Can you spot the wrong price tag in this system? Can you, you know? Again, sports, God wants us to love sports. But there's something really wacky about the way we love sports. It's way out of line, okay? It's way out of line. The third thing. Um, the last thing that I want to mention here is, is, is I think part of how we shape our hearts. I think that's the harder one. I can, I, I can easier grasp thinking things because we learn, we have books, we read, we do this. We, we're, we're a culture that does, most, for the most part, value our minds more than our hearts. So how do we shape our hearts? Right? A lot of us feel like, I can't control my heart. I love what I love. I love him. No, I don't love him. I love him. I can't control that. I just fell out of love or I fell into love. The fact is we can shape love. We can nurture it. We can grow it. And, and, and so what I want to suggest, one of the ways we do that, and it's just one way, is to practice the truths and the, and, and the values and the, and the loves that, that God calls us to, okay? The, the, the values and the loves, when we see that, then we practice those things in, in, in several places. For example, part of what we do in worship is we're practicing loving. We sing songs, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. We sing songs, God, you are everything to me. And, and doing that, part of what we're doing is we're practicing and we're shaping. And as we sing those words, as we think those thoughts, it's, it starts to shape that love. It's not just up here, but we start to recognize that. We start to love those things more. We start to, to value those things more. I thought about it when we take, I know that 45 seconds where we shake hands is not fun for some of you. But part of what we're learning there is we're practicing caring for each other in a very small way. We're practicing it in our worship. We're practicing recognizing that I am both sinner and yet totally loved by God. And, and as we practice that, as we do that in worship, then it starts to shape our hearts. That's one of the reason worship, reasons worship matters. Um, and, and, and do this, so practice this in worship. Practice this in your workplace and in your neighborhood. Okay? You want to start to, to, to have a heart that loves more like Jesus loves? Then commit yourself for the next month to buy donuts for the people below you, not above you to spend 10 minutes a day talking to the, to the person who's least respected at work. 
to say, this person is loved in God's eyes, and so I am going to value them. And guess what? As we do that, it begins to shape our hearts. Again, we, you've seen that, right? That when, when we're struggling in marriages and we're not feeling the love, sometimes we need to just practice the love. We need to just do some of those things of love. We need to spend some time together. We need to do that. And then that shapes our love, and it nurtures our love, and it strengthens our love. So do that in your workplace. Start to live out of the right price tags. And, and as you do that, you'll see it better and better, and you'll love more and more, and, and do it with your family and friends. Practice those things. Put the right, I'd say, you know what? This is much more important for me to be with my family on this than it is for me to go and get a promotion at work. And I'm going to practice that. I know I love how I feel when I get a promotion but I want to grow, and I know it's more important here. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to practice it. Ask yourself how you can do that. Get into, just do those practices, and those habits begin to shape us. They are habits of the heart. They are habits of the mind, and more and more they begin to teach us to love. I, I, I genuinely believe this is what starts to work. This is what starts to shape us, is, is doing those practices and starting to live out of the values and starting to just do those actions. And as we do those, then the heart follows along and the heart grows. And then one day, hopefully, the heart starts to lead. The heart starts to just flow in the right direction. This is probably the hardest thing any of us can ever do, to, to, to orient our hearts, to set our hearts and to set our minds. These old verses are, are probably some of the most challenging in Scripture, to, to get those two things straight. Because again, you think about it, everything else flows out of this. All the Ten Commandments are easy if we get this straight. <laughs> right? If I get my heart and my head straight, I'm not going to worry about stealing or lying or any of those things. I'm going to honor my... And, 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 and so this is the inside work of orienting ourselves over and over again. So as we do this, as we do this, as we love and think the way Jesus wants us to love and think, remember, okay, to keep doing this, that we are learning, okay? You're not going to be done today. You're not going to be done this year. You're not going to be done in this life. We are learning by and in God's grace, all right? And so let's set our hearts and set our minds. Let's pray together. Father, teach us to love. You created us to love. Sometimes it's a problem because we love silly things. Teach us to love what you love. You gave us minds to think, but we think sometimes really bad thoughts. We use the brilliance that you've given us to create schemes that harm us and others. So teach us. Teach us to love. Teach us to think. And remind us that we do so in your grace. That we do so loved and forgiven and by the power of Jesus Christ in us. Father, we can't reshape ourselves. But help us to get in the current of the Spirit so that you might set our hearts and set our minds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.